Hey everybody, this is Chris. This is John. You're about to listen to our episode that's just about movies. Right, we so, are running out of ideas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we wanted, it was more just that we wanted to talk about this movie and I knew we couldn't fit it into like 10 minutes. Um, and and I knew that we wanted to talk about spoilers. Right. So this episode spoils Couple Aven- movies. Avengers of Endgame and then we talk about Longshot. Yeah, the Seth Rogen, Charlize Theron movie. Spoilers for that. And then we briefly talk about Detective Pikachu. Right. Uh, it goes in that order. So... Um, as soon as if you you know if you all, if you're fine listening to spoilers for Endgame, you could just stop when we get to Longshot, which right. is just at the very end. Right. I just didn't want you to like be surprised listening to an Endgame podcast and then just be like, "What the fuck? I was about to see Longshot today." And that being said, uh, we don't spoil the ending. Oh yeah, we do. We spoil the ending of Longshot. We do spoil the end and we and s- the spoil the ending of Defender Pikachu. Yeah. So um, be warned. Save this podcast for after you've seen all yeah. three movies, and uh, we'll see you next time. See you. Enjoy. It's the setup. I'm Chris Grace. I'm John Acarta. And this is a podcast that basically talks about either comedy or magic. And now we're going to talk about something that is neither. Neither. But has or comedy. Has or comedy. Both. Yeah, <laughs> both, really, really. Yeah. It has a lot of laughs. Uh, actually, Avengers Endgame does have a lot of jokes and fun laughs um, in it. I, I should. Ask, so we're, we're basically, we, we wanted to talk about Avengers, probably one of the biggest cultural phenomenons of the all time, if yes. not just the decade. It's probably going. I, is it going to catch Titanic? It will uh, catch Titanic. I don't know if it will catch domestic gross uh, for... Avatar? Uh, no. Um, I mean, sorry, Avatar. It will catch global... I think it's office. only behind Avatar. Right, but domestically, I don't know that it will catch um, the the new Star Wars. The first of the three, the new ones. Domestically is still like... Um, Wh- oh, which one? Uh, the first one with uh, the lady. From a couple years ago? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Force Awakens? Yes. Oh, okay. I, did, I, I was unaware of that. But I think at some point soon, if we haven't already gotten there, depending on what it will it definitely is. catch Avatar for global box yeah. office. But no. So it will become the biggest movie of all time. Yeah. Um, and we didn't want to force people who uh, are not interested in the subject at all to listen to a whole episode. Right. Or people who haven't seen the movie because we were going to spoil plot elements. So right. oh, that's right. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, I was about to ask if we should put a spoiler alert. No, but. we'll just do it now. Like if you're if you're if you're unless you're a strange person that loads a podcast and then just jumps into minute seven, right? Uh, which actually I do for certain podcasts. So. Uh, you got to skip the ads. Uh, no, I skip uh, you know any I mean? any podcast that has the uh, person talking by themselves for the first three right. minutes. That's like, yeah, this one's a good one. This is an interview with like uh, uh, like the Tim Ferriss podcasts. I always skip through like right. the first. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there will be spoilers in there here, and if you're not interested in Avengers at all, I would suggest not listening to this one. Right. Um, but it's a bonus. But assuming you're not a monster, welcome to our Avengers episode. <laughs> uh, so just to catch you up, um, let's see. Globally, uh, w- worldwide box office, uh, Avatar made $2.788 billion, Okay. And Avengers is at two point six. Okay. It's gonna- so they got to make $170 million, which they probably will, is my guess. Yeah. Um, globally, that seems to be pretty. And, th- and that it, does that include? Does that number? When do they cap that number? When when the movie leaves theaters? Probably. And Avengers is probably going to be in the theaters for like another two months. It's, if yeah, if, yeah, I even just guess. a month, it could do that. Uh, however, domestically, Star Wars: The Force of Awakens made nine hundred thirty-six million. Hmm. Um, and the first time I saw that, it was not domestically. I oh, at, I was out of the house in Singapore when I first saw it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you didn't you didn't help this record? Uh, well, I saw it again when I got back. Oh, okay. Uh, and Avengers people. has made seven hundred and seventy. So that's quite a bit more to make. How how much? Seven seventy versus nine thirty six. Oh wow. So that would have to be a hundred and like sixty six million more domestically, which is, let's look at our weekends. Um, I that's don't think very unlikely. Yeah, because it it made it made that in its first and first weekend. It made beat that in the first week and didn't in the second weekend. And it's you know it always goes down. That's fascinating. So it won't be the most popular American movie of all time. Hmm. Um, so we might as well just delete this episode. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about Star Wars then. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so the uh, you have seen all twenty two. Yes. Marvel yeah. movies. Twenty one of them I saw in theaters. I missed one in theaters. Uh, which was the one again? Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, okay. I was just it was I was basically it came out in July twenty eighteen. I was pretty much out of 
the town for the entirety of that month. Yeah. Between um, going back east to visit family, going back east for a funeral, being uh-huh. in Korea for FISM, getting sick. It just kind of came and went. Um, I like Ant Man, I and and so, uh, but I'm not insane about it. I wasn't crazy about the see, seeing the sequel, uh, so it just kind of wasn't a huge priority. And then it, when it didn't happen, it just didn't happen. I did eventually see it and enjoyed it. This uh, Endgame actually made me feel like I should maybe watch at least Ant Man. Uh-huh. Um, Have you seen Ant Man and the Wasp? No, I haven't okay. seen either one. Well, yeah, does it connect ob- to how he ends up where he ends up? Yeah. Okay. That's that's where um, the last spoiler for Ant Man and the Wasp as well. Yeah. On um, the last, the after the post credit scene is they fixed uh, all the problems. Michelle Pfeiffer is back. Um, the whole movie is about re- rescuing Michelle Pfeiffer from this quantum zone. Yeah. And they're like, and he goes into the quantum zone to get some to her keys. I don't know to get something. <laughs> um, they don't really explain that. And when he goes into the quantum zone, that's what he's. What, the moment he goes into the quantum zone, that's when the snap happens. And then uh, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, and um, I can't remember that actress's name, but the woman who plays Hope um, Van Dyne all disappear and then he's stuck there is marissa tomei in the spider-man movies yes okay because th- at the end of endgame a lot of people showed up and i was like they're in these movies right. okay um interestingly yeah marissa our, tomei plays aunt may uh does she really yeah she plays hot aunt may aunt tomei right. um the uh at the end of our last episode you said like what do you think is going to happen in endgame I, 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 well, what's funny is I did not think you were going to like the movie because I asked, not only did I ask what you think was going to happen, I asked what you expected right. and like what your expectations were. And you were <laughs> like, I hope they don't reverse everything. I hope that they don't do some bullshit time travel. And I went, uh oh. You're going <laughs> to hear it in the negative space. I, I listened to that episode. Yeah. You're going to hear it in the negative space of my voice where yeah. I go, oh boy, all of those things happen. Well, I actually did enjoy the movie, even though they pretty much did exactly plot wise what I was, what I just thought was the most I mean, like, did you re- let me ask you this. Did you really think they weren't going to save Black Panther, like save Black Panther and Spider-Man? Did you really think they were going to let those... those no, actually, but I actually thought in the process of doing it that they would experience more loss than they did. Right. I heard a theory once. As soon as Infinity War came out, there was this theory because all of the people... I think it makes a little more sense that all of the... That all of the, uh, the the original six Avengers all survived the snap because it's kind of their story and they have to sort of finish it out and this is what it's all been building to. I think that makes it a little bit more sense and I think that's what I've heard the directors say. But there was this theory that all of the people that got snapped away had future movie deals and none of the people that uh. survived did. Uh, at least at the time, so the idea was that maybe all six of them would have to you know basically trade their lives to bring back uh, the ones that had gone away or something like that. Like, you know, through the magic of the soul stone or whatever. Yeah. Uh, which would have been interesting. Well, I guess the, but there was real loss to bring everyone back. There are some, I mean, the, I guess the thing that I, I enjoyed the movie. I think that it's not going to, before get, we pick it apart, what did you like about it? Uh, the costumes? No, uh, I, I liked, I actually thought the, so wait, General consensus, I haven't paid attention to. Are do are people liking the first, second, or third acts the most? I, oh, that's interesting. Because of the spoilers, people aren't really I haven't seen many people go into the acts they like. Or I love the I think the beginning of it's very interesting. You know, it's funny. Actually, the first time I saw the movie, I hated the beginning of it. Yeah. And it was during the beginning that I thought I'm not gonna like this movie. Ah. Oh wait, uh what what do you mean the beginning? I mean it starts with Hawkeye like Oh yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I was, and then of course they thought Hawk. The moment you see Hawk and his family, you go, "Well, fuck." Yeah, here they go. Um, and then uh, I loved all the way through the five years later part. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I think of as being like the middle, even though it probably isn't, was when they're assembling everybody, and then like I consider that I consider the first act until they've gotten them all together, and I consider the second act the time travel, and the third act the, uh, the so fight with Thanos. Then the time travel part was. I liked it. I I think I was a little distracted a lot of times thinking like, am I watching old footage or new footage? Um, I, I never, I love the second act. That might be my favorite because the second act I is think, like so fan servicey. I think. It's so fan servicey, but also, I mean, it, it, like also good for the plot. It, yeah. was, it was like, it wasn't fan service for like the sake of fan service. It also really told the story well. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you have like to get the stones. You have to go to where they were, and that's where this we saw this shit happen. Right. Um. So like, 
yeah, you'd have to, you know, you have to go to when Loki was attacking New York. That's where they all had convened, and I, I it was just like. It was a, a, such a good marriage of we want to give the fans what they want. We want to yeah. you know watch Cap fight Cap, um, but also like in service of an actual story that didn't just feel like and yeah. then these fucking guys fight and it's awesome. Yeah, and also uh, I just think it would have been helped if instead of putting like New York two thousand whatever, if they just put the name of the movie they were going back into. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought that I, part was fine. I did wonder how much <clears throat> was new footage versus how much was old, especially for moments like when. Um, when Chris Pratt, you see him, and he's doing the same dance in the beginning yes. opening credit scene of Guardians. I also of the thought about Natalie Portman. Was she actually in this movie? Yes, because those shots of her were not in. Okay, because it was weird. She didn't do much, and right. I don't know if she even had a line of dialogue. I don't think she did. Uh, which actually, yeah, I don't know. Maybe she... it made me think like she doesn't want to be in this movie. Just... I know that I, I believe, and again, listener of the podcast, uh, Peter Serretta knows more about this than I do. Mm. Um, and he's a super cool, and he does. By the way, he's like the a film expert, right? Yes. So probably a lot of my reservations. He's at the world premiere, and, and I assume he's he liked. Hero. I assume he liked the movie. He did. Yeah. So so probably a lot of things I say are going to be like seem like a moron talking about this film. Well, I, I've heard that Natalie Portman left those movies on not great terms with Marvel Studios. Right. I heard that it was not a perfect leave. Um, I, I don't know the details like... why, but I know she was at the premiere. Oh um, well, like the part where um, uh, she like gets out of bed and then like Rocky Raccoon right stinks up on her. Yeah, that felt like an outtake from like just the way she walked off screen. Just felt like oh, this was a shot we didn't use from the last one, and yeah, we're just going to put well, him be. into it. Yeah. Um, or I guess put it this way: if you came back to the franchise after a long break, I would want like at least a couple funny lines or something, or like an acting moment or something. Like she, she felt like background almost. Right. Uh, um, yeah, um, which was an interesting way, almost Game of Thronesian in the way that it's like these characters don't have like plot armor. Yeah, I mean, I know that the, 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 a lot of them do, but like, there's not like Natalie Portman. She's got to have a big fucking you know, Robert Redford. They don't Rob, have they don't have like story armor, right? Yeah, but like Robert Redford is on that sh- shot that is in that movie for a minute at most, and that is Robert Redford's last on screen appearance, right? Because he retired after the Old Man and the Gun. Well, that's what I was uh, when he came on screen. I was like, I thought you were tired, dude. Well, they they filmed this they filmed this movie in 2017. Oh, with Infinity War. Yes, they filmed them together, both of which were filmed in 2017. So this has been done for uh, two years. And so, like, Rob Redford had filmed that probably before he filmed The Old Man and the Gun. Yeah. Great movie, by the way. Have you seen Old Man and the Gun? I have not. Very good. Um, man, well, he's a fucking great actor. Um, uh, he should have been nominated for an Oscar, I thought, for that movie. He was His, act, his performance is so subtle. I loved it. Anyway. He's, he's got plenty. Um how many um, Oscars does he have? He has a couple. Right? I, actually, he probably only has like two, mm-hmm. is my guess. Yeah, I'll look it up. Uh, which is more than most people. Right. Um, I, uh, so wait, what else do I like about the movie? So I, I thought that the, I, I actually think it's a tremendous achievement to have woven together all of the elements that right. they had to do. And it was incredible. I mean, I I think, I, so I, I had talked on the podcast before about how like emotionally moved I was by that movie. Yes. And that was the only movie that made me cry again the next day. I was on the way to the airport to pick up Shoot, and I pictured the ending scene with Captain America dancing with Peggy, and it made me tear up in my car. Huh. And I think, so one thing is, like, I don't, a couple of things. One, I don't know that I've ever felt that connected to, a, like, a, a story before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I came to Star Wars 20 years late, you know. I came to Game of Thrones a couple years late, but like I saw Iron Man in theaters. I, I you know, when I was in eighth grade, these movies basically scored my call, my high school and college life. Right. Uh, so there's a lot of like adolescence and development and coming of age that sort of happened with these movies as sort of a cultural current. Yeah. Um. So I think that's part of it is that I, I uh, that they've always been uh, very constant in my life over the last eleven years. Yeah. Uh, as silly as that may sound, but it's it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, another thing is that. I think one of the reasons it just surprised me, and that's why it lasted for emotionally for me, was because I I didn't realize that I I thought I was going to get an end to like oh Thanos snapped we got to fix it. I didn't realize I was going to be getting an ending to eleven years of stories. Uh-huh. You know, I didn't realize I was going to be getting an ending to the Captain America story, right. other than him dying a heroic death. I didn't. I, man, what a what an what an like uh uh. They're basically ending the first phase of Avengers, right? And saying goodbye which, to... Which the, I knew they were doing, but I didn't realize they would do it in service of stories that they introduced 10 years ago. Right, right, right. I thought it'd be like, here's what Captain is, and then, you know, oh, he has to sacrifice himself. Right. Um, 
I didn't realize that they were going to go back and give him an 11 year win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I thought was really powerful. Yeah. So I think, especially because I don't know if you saw the trailers for uh, for for um, I did not. But they they show you the scene where he's tightening that shield in front of Thanos's army. You don't see their army, but you see him beaten to shit. You see him tighten the shield. You see him about to fall over, and you kind of see like, oh, they're gonna kill Captain America in this movie. That's kind of yeah. what it felt like they were tipping. Um, so I also uh, was very happy that uh, there was not of as we've discussed before the battle scenes in these movies makes me fall asleep right because uh, I find them so boring and there's no consequences for anybody and we went and when it started in this one I looked at my watch I was like oh man we've made it through two and a half hours of movie without any of this stuff right and now we're gonna see the big one between yeah. everybody I thought it was um, so my favorite part of that part of the movie was when Captain America got the hammer. Right. That was yeah. truly fun and just very unexpected because I haven't been following whatever. Is there a backstory to that? Yeah. So and, uh, the second Avengers movie, Age of Ultron, uh-huh. there's a, actually a really good scene because it, it sets up a lot of the movie. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, very narr- well uh, woven narrative, but they're all have that they have this party after they do a mission and a bunch of people are there and there's a lot of just kind of bits. And then what happens is they all leave, um, and just the, the the six Avengers and um, Kobe Smolders uh-huh. uh, as Maria Hill are like sitting there, and um, the hammers on the table. And then they all joke about the hammers. So they all take turns trying to lift up the hammer, and they all kind of do it in their own ways. Like Tony does it arrogantly, but then he gets his technology to try to do it for him, and then Rhodey try to help, tries to help him. Uh-huh. Um, and so uh, they all kind of do it in character. And then the last one to try is Captain America, and it it just moves like a 10th of a 10th of an inch. Uh-huh. Uh, and, but you can see it and then you can see Thor like freak out as if he's about to like, Oh my God, he's going to do it. Um, but it doesn't. And then uh-huh. he goes, Oh, I can do it. So one theory is that <clears throat> he could tell he could lift it and just decided not to, cause he didn't uh-huh. want to like hurt Thor's feelings kind of. Yeah. Um, and it was also like, it wasn't the right time. And then when he needed it, he, he, he so then why it. did Thor say I knew it when he, because he could tell that like, Oh, Oh, that he cause sucked. he, re- he reacts to it when oh, he watches okay. it happen. And his eyes widen. And so that's why if he, uh, so this is not our first time, but even then, I mean, uh, he's also like the leader, you know, the yeah. sort of the moral compass. And I think you could also say that I knew it was just because he knew what like a heroic person. He was. Well, that was fun because it was like, uh, without knowing the backstory, I was like, it's just cool to see a mashup of like two heroes together. Right. Uh, and so that's cool. Also that it rewards you for knowing the backstory. Right. And that's what I thought this movie did incredibly well was there were a lot of things that you got rewarded for if you knew the backstory, but if you didn't know the backstory still worked. My dad liked this movie a lot. My dad also cried. Um, he didn't, I mean, he's seen probably a third of them, maybe a little less than half. Yeah. Usually it was like being, eventually he lost track and stopped caring and didn't want to go. And you know, for the same reasons, you don't really like them. Yeah. Exact same thing that falls asleep in the third act fight. Yeah. Um, and then it would just be me and my mom. And uh, so, but he understood this was a really big one. He didn't see Infinity War even. Yeah. Uh, but he really liked this and thought it worked. And then we talked about seeing it <laughs> He again. didn't see Infinity War and just started just cold, cold open of like Hawkeye, like right. family getting taken away. Right. It's like, what is this movie about? Right. And we, you know, we gave him the gist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, I thought this movie did a lot of things that like, oh, you know, when, when Tony Stark snaps his fingers and goes, I am Iron Man. That works by itself. It works better if you know that that was the last line of the first Iron Man movie. Oh. You know, the la- in the first Iron Man movie, the first time you uh, hear yeah. that, people like, come up with a nickname, and then at the, the last, th- he's about to, like, read a press release about how it's not him, and he can go on, uh, so he can go on with his life, but then he just decides to publicly go, I am Iron Man, and that's the yeah. last line of the movie. Yeah. Um. So, like, you're rewarded for knowing that, if you know it, but it still works if you don't. Yeah. Uh. So it still, like, includes the people that haven't seen all of them. Um, which I kind of had to, I mean, 11 years, you can't expect everyone's seen. Yeah, that. for sure. And I, I, just, <clears throat> I did think a lot about like, oh, okay. What, you know, what is the, when I saw Iron Man, I was 14 years old, uh, it was in 2008 and I, um, it was in finishing up eighth grade. I was at an age where I was old enough to see love and appreciate that movie and then follow it where it was going to go. Right. I started thinking like the people that are now that exact age, the 14 year olds now in eighth grade who went to go see Endgame, like what I'm curious to know what this experience was because they couldn't have tracked these movies. Right. When Iron Man came out, they would have been three years old. I bet it's similar to um, you watching Star Wars. But but Star Wars was only three movies for me to catch up on. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Well, wait. Oh, so you when you were entering Star Wars, you were talking about Phantom Menace is when you're in. Well, I entered Star Wars I, before those 
or around the same time, but I, I, I saw Phantom Menace and um, uh, Attack of the Clones. In theater? Uh, Clone Wars. Attack of the Clones? I don't even remember the name of the second movie. Attack of the Clones. And, and Revenge then, of the Sith. And the third one was Revenge of the Sith. Cloney Clones. Yes, Cloney Clones. Sorry, George <laughs> Cloney. <laughs> um, I saw all three of those in theaters, and I remember... Granted, I was uh, five when Phantom Menace came out. That was 99. Oh, my God. So you love Jar Jar. Uh, no, even then, <laughs> even then I was like, this seems derivative. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I remember what, at least, I mean, five is really young. I was like nine and 11 when the other two came out. Never forget. <laughs> I heard it as soon as I said it. Um, but uh, I, I think that the, for, I remember knowing what was going on. I don't feel like, like, what is this? I do think Endgame benefits greatly from contemporaries being contemporaneous with Game of Thrones, which is ending horribly. And also... Star Wars, which did not come back in a way that people loved, uh, and the new ones are people. Right. People were very conflicted about the new ones, but yeah. but Phantom Menace yes. was just like whatever. That the, trilogy people hate, and people there, are conflicted about the. New there's ones. a legacy now of um, big pop culture uh, stories not being executed very well near the end. Right. Lost is one. Battlestar is terrible. Um, Haven't ever watched either of those. Um, I know how Lost ends, though. No one could hide that. Sopranos. I love Sopranos. Uh, I mean, Sopranos is, I, yeah, I mean, but I mean, I'll, no, no, people hate it. Culturally, people hate that ending. Yes, but I love the Sopranos too. But people, but. I think that one's different because I feel like it's hard to. Yeah, I guess people do hate that one. I those people are dumb. That, that <laughs> ending, that ending, that's the best ending for anything except for like New Heart or whatever. Um, so uh, is New Heart the one with the snow globe? Or no, that's that, St. Elsewhere. Which is that's also, very good. But that's also um, Bob Newhart, right? No. St. Elsewhere is, Saint Elsewhere is a... St. Elsewhere is a one-hour drama just about a uh, hospital. Um, and then it turns out at the end that the entire show is in the mind of an autistic child. And he has a snow globe that has St. Elsewhere Hospital like inside of mm. it. And his dad is a... Who was the like chief surgeon mm-hmm. is like a, a blue-collar like metal worker. Jesus Christ. Uh, a, it, it's so cool. That's, that's uh, no, Bob Newhart is the one where it ends um, in a dream. He wakes up from a dream and he's in bed with his wife from his first sitcom. That's right. So the whole sitcom is a dream that he was having from the first, <laughs> the yeah, first which is great. Um, Malcolm in the Middle did a similar thing with Breaking Bad. Oh, did they? They did. It, they, did they made a parody uh, like scene with Brian Cranston and Jane. Do you know what's her last name? Kesmeric? Kesmeric. Kesmeric. Yeah. Wait, was Breaking Bad and Malcolm Little on at the same time? No, they were several years apart. Um, but they went, they shot, they came back and shot a scene. Oh, okay. With I him thought and Jane Kaczmarek. Do you know she used to be married to Bradley Whitford? Is she not anymore? No, like, I believe they got divorced. Because oh. I looked him up to see how old he was. Because uh-huh. uh, um, he always seems to age different. Like, like he looks the same in Cabin in the Woods as he did in West Wing. But then two years later, he's in Get Out and he looks ten years older. So I'm like, he, how fucking um, old is this guy? He's unrecognizable and transparent. Like the whole episode, I was like, "Who is that?" It was Bradley. Oh, I never watched Transparent. And he's in a new show called uh, Perfect Harmony. Yes, doesn't look great. Doesn't look great. I auditioned for it. Would have been great if I was in it. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. Um, so uh, what were we talking about? I was, I was looking at how old he was, and it said he was married to Jan, James yes. Merrick, and they got divorced like five years ago. Ah, okay. Um. So anyway, I think Avengers has benefited from. We're a Other little bit. Fucking it well, up. we're kind of expecting them to not be that great. Like you want it to be, but you also wouldn't be surprised if these movies weren't that great right. when they ended. Um, so, I now I think that this movie is is going to not be better the more I think about it. Um, right, I think it's impossible, but not from a plot hole point of view. Um, it having to do with the thing that, that I posted on Facebook the other day. Oh, it was right. like, I read a review. Uh, so I'm on Letterboxd, which is a really fun app if you want. You should get Letterboxd if you... What is it? It's just you You just... It's keeping a little diary of the movies you've watched. Oh, and yeah. Rating them. And then you get to see what other people's reviews of them are. And there's some very good, interesting reviews. Uh, I mean, you can assemble who you are who you follow, right? Um, and one of the guys I follow... Assemble. Yeah. One of the guys I follow, his name is Screening Notes, is his screen name. And he, wrote, he gave it to two stars. And he wrote a review about it and it was yeah and okay and i pretty i pretty much agree with a lot of what he said which is and i was thinking about this basically i like my art to reflect that i think life is complicated and messy and that that there's never anything that's truly like good or evil that there's like there's layers to everything and i think they kind of missed 
an opportunity to examine that in an interesting way. I think they might have still been able to do a lot of the superhero storytelling, but the the snap that Iron Man does to bring everybody back, I think in this movie is generally presented as a pretty universally good thing. Yes. Is that right? Yes. I don't think that's actually... I think it would have been more interesting if it was a little more gray. Mm-hmm. Because there are so many consequences about bringing people back after five years that I think would be super interesting to explore. And I know people are saying like, maybe they're going to in these other movies coming up. Although I am curious to see in the Spider-Man movie, how Spider-Man far from home, how they're going to explore. Like was my entire high school class snapped away in their back or what? Um, Well, to that point, and I know I'll get into this thing about uh, that ending, but um, Spider-Man far from home, I believe has officially been announced that that is actually the finale of phase three of the Marvel movies, not Endgame. Uh-huh. Um, so it's not like Spider-Man kicks off a new thing. Spider-Man is still part of what they have now. Yeah. I yeah. don't know exactly what those phases mean and how black and white they are, like what they really yeah. mean. Um, but I think we will get some more exploration of that story in Far From Home yeah. before we move on to a new saga. I thought that... Um, so I I sort of... I've, been, I've had an interesting relationship to the way that pop movies treat grief because grief is used so much as like a motivating factor for Mm -hmm. things in, in huge pop culture movies. Very often like somebody's mother dies before the movie even starts or whatever. Right. Um, and so, or John wick, man, fucking John wick. Yeah. Um, I just saw John wick for the first time. It's very good. uh, Yeah. It's very good. I've not seen the second one. I want to see the second one before I see the third one. Yes. That's exactly where I am. Um, so obviously Endgame deals with trauma. 50% 50% of the world's been taken away. I think that it's a little simplistic to say that after five years, it seems like almost everyone on the planet has not moved on. And five years, no matter what happens, as human beings, as people like that can adapt to what hell is, um, is a long time. And I think it's very likely that at least some percentage of the people left on the planet have, at the very least, remarried. And had children mm-hmm. with other people uh, have have like that's one situation. I think I mentioned you the other day. Also, there's probably some women that are now not in domestic abuse situations right. that they would have been. Uh, and I'm not expecting an Avengers movie to explore that, but there's there, there's also the fact that it seems like infrastructure has kind of fallen apart, like after the snap, right? And but I'm sure that people are reproducing. So we're having more. We have more than half of people left after five years is my assumption, Mm -hmm. unless they're saying maybe like people died off or something. Um, But bringing back another 4 billion, let's say people on top of a, of a like fading infrastructure, like I probably food supplies are not what they were. Right. Like is a very complicated thing. Now you have like 1.2, 120% of what you had before. Right. Uh, five years ago and you have people coming back being like i married somebody else and now my husband from five years ago is back right like doesn't and and has no no idea what happens right um so what was what was a little befuddling to me was i thought that they were setting up for captain america and iron man more difficult choices than they i feel like they set up these potentially difficult choices and dodge them so like to me, I thought he w- Iron Man was going to have to face either bringing people back or letting go of his daughter, um, because she was. Uh, was she born after the snap? Yes. So she's bo- yeah, she's part of the. Five it years seemed later. weird to like set up this whole thing and then be like, "Well, he can kind of have his cake and eat it too." Like mm-hmm. they get it back, and the daughter gets to live. Right. And with Captain America, I thought he was going to face a difficult choice of like, "Do I c- continue doing what I do, or do I stay back in time and like?" be happy Mm -hmm. and for him too they were kind of like yeah you get to do both and i think they were emotionally satisfying but they were both a little more simple than i would want a story to tell and i don't necessarily need a superhero story to explore those things but i feel like if you bring them up as fodder for like motivations for characters then i start to go like well that's not as complex as it really would have been if you had brought it up because for captain america i had a it was very satisfying. It was very, like, in the moment, like, oh, that's great. And then afterwards, I'm like, except that he, like, intentionally decided to, like, not return and 
kind of like he has no idea what's happened in the present right after he does that right so he's basically like abdicating his responsibility and and also sitting around for however many years while a bunch of other crappy stuff is happening right and i assume he was just like a guy in a house living a normal life um yeah i don't know um there's also like plot things where I'm like, I, I, I genuinely, maybe you don't know the answer to this. I genuinely don't understand why he was, he went by himself to return all the stones. Like, do, does that, is that explained? I don't know. Because to me, it's weird. Like, does that mean he went to New York, put the stone back in that scepter or stopped themselves from ever taking it in the first place or something? He basically, he had the job of putting all the stones back where they were. Is right. that right? Yes. So he had to go to New York, do that. He had to go back to the Soul Stone place. He had to go to Voromir and encounter Red Skull. Yeah. That's, and then he be great also had to go to Asgard and inject the stone yeah, into... Yeah, in- inject the goo back in Natalie Vortman. That was just a weird, like, well, it's done and it went well. Like, I don't know. That was... And I was kind of like, I don't understand why they didn't just have all the team members go back and do what they... You know, whatever their assignments were. go Because right. you know, like... He's going to go to Asgard and just be like, I don't even know like where her room. Like that's, I want to see a movie where he goes to Asgard <laughs> and, and he's, he's like, just oh, lost. Fuck. He has like a post-it note that yeah. says, you know. Yeah. Now, there are other plot holes that room didn't 5B. Make, make super sense. The, the, one of the bigger ones to me was the um, Thanos ends up with like one vial of the Pym uh, particles. And then I think he uses it to bring an entire ship into the, wherever the... Avengers headquarters is and on that ship was like Thanos and Karen Gillan's character and Zoe Saldana's character. Right. <laughs> I don't remember their names. Um, so it was like everybody else, one vial gets you one person, one trip. Thanos gets one vial and oh, uses like that is interesting. I have not thought about that, and I don't have an answer for you. I'm sure somebody does. I'm I'm sure you could say like maybe Thanos uses the particle more efficiently or something. Um, also, I thought it was weird when Captain America stole the particles and he cl- clearly left like eight more vials. Right. It's like take all of them. Like <laughs> you don't know what to, you know. Um, um, yeah, my, I mean, my my initial reaction is to say that Ebony Ma knows how to. Which one's Ebony Ma? Ebony Ma is the telekinetic one that looks like. Ah uh, uh, yes, an alien. He looks like he should be in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, he does. Um, Captain America, Iron Man calls him Squidward in Infinity War. Like, the the other uh, clothes, Squidward. Really funny. The, the other uh, plot hole. And he's like, it looks like a science officer. So I my my guess would be that he just knows. I, know. I think the character's funny. Um, yeah, I, he's actually I'm, a really cool character. And in the first Infinity War, he's like fun to watch. He's in my he's in my favorite scenes. I like his like stone. Uh, like magic or whatever. Like right. he's always got rocks. Yeah, for, he's always like love hitting rocks. Um, and the other thing that I just that annoyed me, or just I was just like, huh, was like at the beginning of that big battle, <clears throat> like there's like everyone shows up. Yeah, and then after everyone has shown up, Captain America says, "Avengers assemble." I know they're already assembled. I know. I was just like, I I kind of wish they had a better phrase for them because to me. Assemble does not mean that you attack the other enemy. <laughs> Assemble's like, let's get together. Except right. they're like, we already got together. Right. And I, I don't care. It's very stupid. But like someone actually on my Facebook was like arguing with me about that. I was like, no, the word assemble has a meaning. <laughs> right. And like, they didn't do it. Um, um, so anyway, I just thought it was... But I mean, it did give me a nerd boner. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which, which I was... I, look, I'm, which I was fine with. That's why I paid to see the movie. Yes. Kevin Smith made a good point on um, when he was reviewing this movie. He did like an hour and ten minute review of it mm-hmm. um, on his uh, Fat Man Beyond podcast. And I really like Kevin Smith. Uh-huh. Um, I love his weird fucking movies and I love uh, him. I think he's a cool guy. Anyway, so he uh, he was talking about this and he made a good point. And he goes, once you start franchising something, you're in the fan service business. Make that our story as artistic and interesting as possible. Tell it as creatively as possible. Hmm. But if fans tell you they want more of the characters, you're in the fan service business. It is your job to make those your audience happy with the characters they've asked about, you know, for more of. Yeah. Um, so it's, like, it's your responsibility that before your artistic vision as a creator comes, you know, comes your audience because they're the ones that want more of this. I, I, uh, yeah, I guess so. But also I don't think that means that you have to like, sometimes when they're like, we're doing this for fans. Right. That, that's like, the thing he was saying, like make it as good as you can. Yeah. But that your, your job isn't like to be, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Um, I can't, uh, what's the name of the director? Christopher Nolan. No, God. Uh, give me a second. The most like, uh, 
famous auteur, like director Werner uh, Herzog, uh, Clockwork Orange. Oh, um, uh, Kubrick. Kubrick. Thank you. You know, like uh, I. You know what? I don't disagree with him. However, I'm very wary of when people express philosophies that validate their own approach to an art form, sure. which is like, he's not Kubrick. He will never be Kubrick. Right. So for him to be and like... he loves giving fan service. Right. I know in the new so, Jay and Bob movies, he even tagged that. Like, if you like, you know, if you like the movies I've done, Jay and Silent Bob's all going to be like fan service of like, if you, right. if you knew, if you saw this movie, you'll you'll recognize this person or whatever. Yes. But if, if we... If we asked like everybody who cares about film, if they could like use a uh, power stone and get rid of all the films of Kevin Smith versus all the films of Stanley Kubrick, right? Uh, I would vote to get rid of Kevin Smith's right. movies. So like, like I'm sure Kubrick also feels like, well, you shouldn't do fan service. Like, right. so I'm always a little bit wary of like, um, even when I talk about my own work, about like, am I just like bolstering my own, make, making a case for the compromises that I have made in my own right. work and and holding them up as virtues. Um, I, I guess that the thing that that review made me think about is like, it would, especially when you have Robert Downey Jr., it might've been interesting to see him grapple with, should I use this stone and to save 4 billion lives? Or am I going to be a little selfish and like keep the life that I've built over the last five years? Mm -hmm. That at least would have been an interesting thing to see him think about. What's interesting about that is I think we're kind of given that in a slightly different way. Mm -hmm. I think it's implied to us because when Doctor Strange comes back, we know that Doctor Strange saw this exact situation play out Yeah, of the 14 million that he sees, right? And then he, the, fir the only scene they have together is Tony flies up to him during that fight and goes, tell me this is the one. And he goes, if I tell you what's going to happen, it won't happen. And I think what I interpret that to mean is if, is if he goes, if I tell you that it's your job to sacrifice yourself, you're going to have that conversation and then you won't do it. Uh -huh. um, you will take that opportunity. It has to be sort of a split second thing. It has to be like a, um, a last moment. Otherwise, you'll, you will reconsider and you will go, oh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And you won't want to do it. You won't take the opportunity. And then because you don't take that opportunity, then we lose again. Yeah. I so guess I think we're, we're kind of given that idea peripherally through the knowledge of Dr. Strange and less than like a Tony being like, what, you know, what do I do? Yeah. I guess that like, I felt like they got to the end of that movie and hadn't really given that much up that they hadn't really sacrificed that much. Mm -hmm. And I'm also aware of the fact that Robert Downey Jr. is just tired of being in the movies. Right. So I think that lessens my like, he's dead, which is exactly what he wanted to like, like kind of wrap up being in these movies. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know why his death didn't feel particularly like, um, whatever. It's also like I don't like watching Gwyneth Paltrow act, so that hurt that moment. Uh, I wanted her to like at the end go up to him and suggest like, um, like a pumice stone from Goop. Right, I was gonna say, you know, <laughs> subscribe to Goop. Like when she was, I was like, oh yeah, she's in these movies, and I was like, Ugh. um, so I, I know I'll make one last point from this guy's review that stuck with me was that. The Avengers use the Power Stones. Is that what they're called? Power Stones? Infinity Stones. Infinity Stones. Uh, to get back to, to restore normalcy. Like that. They, and, and he was actually like, they didn't even think about using the stones to make the world like better than it was. They just returned it to like what it was. Right. And it, one line in the review that was funny was like, they realized that the world's not good for most people. Right. Like as currently constructed, right? Like there's a lot of things you could use the Infinity Stones to like help with, as opposed to just like plopping everybody back into the same, not even the same, like the same plus five years of decay. Mm -hmm. Um, but um, I it was just like a window into like oh there could have been a lot of interesting things, and that he I think why he ended up giving the movie two stars was he was disappointed that um it the movie does a little bit function as like a giant reset so we can keep making movies in, in the, in the way that like a lot of Simpsons episodes feel like there was a time when I was watching Simpsons where I was, I was like, this is a truly edgy decadent, um, not decadent, but like transgressive show. Right. And then I was like, wait a minute. They are, they, they, they play at the idea of being transgressive, but return the family to like the same state every week so that we can tell the story again from the same baseline, right. which is like every sitcom. But I'm, I remember thinking like, Oh, this isn't that revolutionary sitcom. It's just a, it's a very good sitcom, but it's a sitcom in the sense that like nothing ever sticks in this family. And I felt a little bit of that. Oh, that's interesting. 
Um, but I think it's a good, like, I guess I'll watch the Spider-Man movies. I wonder how, like, I wonder if it's a good end cap to like the dominance of this genre in general. Like, I, I personally would not mind if this genre kind of like took a step back in terms of being the main form of like movie conversation that we have these days. Mm -hmm. Um, I was actually listening to, um, I think it was the, uh, it was either the Ankler. I was listening to the Ankler podcast about um, when genres like sort of go away. And they were talking about um, Universal Pictures with like right you know, the monster movies yeah yeah and they were saying that no that, one cares anymore well they were saying that those basically went away when abbott and costello met the mummy or whatever um that when the genre starts to continuously make fun of itself and they were kind of saying like when every movie becomes deadpool um which we're not too far away from i right. think so they were saying like whenever movie is deadpool in terms of its meta and its irony and stuff that will be when the genre has like not that much left to say mm-hmm. um but you know, I don't know what it would be replaced by. But yeah, I don't know. But there must it won't last forever is my point. Right. And uh, I just am sort of ready for something else. Yeah, so am I. I'm a little f- fatigued, but like like the thought of seeing Spider-Man, I'm like, "Oh, I don't know that I have another 10 years to give." Yeah. Um a new a new set of these. Uh yeah, I mean, I think I'm with a lot of people in that if they had said goodbye after Infinity uh, after Endgame, that would have been okay, and that yeah. was a that was a really solid ending to get. Yeah, it. just financially they can't. Of course not. Um, other I questions. Mean, technically, I, financially they can. Yeah, that's true. They're fine. Um, it's other, not like Kevin Feige needs a sixth beach house. Yeah, you know he's doing okay. Uh, other thing questions I had were, it's like it's like when you when Jeff Bezos keeps going. It's like well, you don't have to. Yeah, he lost half his money in his divorce, oh, and he's still fine. I'll just say this: I don't give a shit about Black Widow. Don't care about her at all. Don't care about her relationship with Hawkeye. Don't care about... When they had that little funeral for her, I was like, don't care. Fast forward. I don't like Scarlett Johansson's acting. I don't find her to have any charm. She's useless in the fights. Like, when Hulk was like, I'm really going to miss her. I literally was like, who? Who are you talking about? (laughs) And then my friend was like, oh, they have a whole thing. They have a whole, like, relationship or whatever. And I was like, don't care. Um, whenever the fights start there, her and Hawkeye are just like looking around, like, what the fuck are they supposed to do? Like Captain Marvel's there right? blowing everybody up and like Black Widow is going to like do a cartwheel and like stick a USB stick, a USB stick, a USB stick into like a computer or something. Right. I, I don't care for her at all. And I was like very bored by that part. Well, get ready for a Black Widow solo movie. I'll get ready to, ready to not watch that. And I bet that movie will not do well. I don't know. No Chinese people are going to see it, I guarantee. Really? No, I don't know. <laughs> um, um, I mean, she did Ghost in the Shell where she co-opted a Japanese character. Yeah. And then she, I don't know, I think it, maybe it's not happening, but then she agreed to do that trans movie where she's playing a trans man. Uh-huh. And people were like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, who is advising you to take these roles? Right. It's such bullshit. Um, the... Um, I did think I thought it was funny when Hawkeye's wife called him just cause I was like, Oh, right. she's still got her cell phone, <laughs> right. uh, which is cool. He, I, I could believe it as like, I've, I've had situations like that where I left someone on my cell phone playing for longer than they should have. So I guess that makes sense. <laughs> um, but, uh, but anyway, I think overall it was good. Um, you, are you going to go see it again? Probably. I w I'd like to, I don't know if I'm going to, um, cause more stuff is coming out, you know? Yeah, uh, that's true. Like, well, what I had said before was I would like to in, in, see it in 3d maybe yeah. or like real XD, whatever that thing is. Right. Uh, just to see kind of, I haven't seen a movie like that maybe four or five years cause I never enjoy it that much. And, uh, but I figure now that my experience of like, Oh, how, how am I going to like this movie? Isn't writing on seeing, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't writing on this experience. I can go check it out in 3d. I can, you know, cough up 16 bucks yeah. to go, uh, see oh like oh maybe they do something kind of cool maybe it is sort of worth it yeah. maybe it does add something to it uh visually that would be fun uh without the risk of like now i'm not going to like this movie again right you know now i'm not gonna like this movie anymore cause um just- oh, by the way i'm almost none of those plot holes i really care about in terms right. of like uh, um i we also saw long shot this week right which is a lot of fun um but that has major plot holes in it 
probably that are uh, have you seen it yeah i have okay so i really liked it i'll just point out for long shot this will be spoilers, spoilers for long shot spoilers for seth rogan and charlie's theron there's two gigantic things in it that i was like i mean i i think the the setup is a little problematic to begin with because it's like the most beautiful woman in the world who is adjacent to being the president of the united states right and a guy that's just a funny writer and it's like it's just a very like it's a trope that we've seen a lot sure of like this guy's so funny that he like won over like this the most amazing woman in the world and you know it's funny i would agree with you but they have really good chemistry they do have good chemistry and i think it's a real tribute to charlie theron that she makes it convincing that she would fall for him um not yeah, that, not that I, you I, wouldn't I bought it one thing is that uh a friend of mine was like well that does happen in real life which it does. There's lots of like... But we never get the opposite story. We never get the opposite story. But also in real life, it's rarer that there is such a power dynamic favoring the woman that it still happens that way. Right. So it happens a lot in real life when it's like like the the old guy who is the judge on like um, X Factor or whatever, who's like a record executive, is like married to like Mandy Moore or whatever. Or dating Mandy oh, Moore. Yes? Or not Mandy Moore, uh Catherine McPhee. One of them is dating like or like a very much older dude. Um don't know who anyway, that is. Either of those people are. <laughs> no. I don't know Mandy Moore. Is Catherine McPhee I think it, waitress I, right now? It might be oh waitress? it's Catherine McPhee, I think. She's dating somebody that's like super old. But she's an actress, she's yes. dating waitress or yeah. has done waitress. And American Idol star. Oh, okay. Did not know that. Um so that was one thing. And th- so the sex scene is really really questionable in long shot. I don't even remember the sex scene. They both come in like 10 seconds. Oh, right. And the woman comes in like 10 seconds. Oh, right. And I read up on this, Charlize Theron insisted that it was possible. So it's, to that end, I'm like, no big deal. She's a producer on the movie. Oh, cool. She's playing it herself. If she thinks it's okay, and she thinks, she's, she basically said like, it happens occasionally for women that it, they do come that fast. Mm-hmm. I think in the context of our current like world, that presenting as it comes off very much as like a teen male fantasy that you penetrate a woman for 10 seconds and she has an orgasm, right? Which 99.999% of the time does not happen. It happens to me. And I say this, yeah, (laughs) zing. It's happened. Put it this way. It's never not happened when I penetrated a woman. (laughs) Um, and then the other gigantic plot hole for me was that like, there is no way there were times that she was not as politically savvy as she would be. Mm -hmm. Uh, first of all, she shouldn't be surprised that people might have a problem with her publicly dating Seth Rogen's character. Right. She might have her own opinions about it, but it shouldn't come as a shock that her assistant is like presenting her. June Diane Raphael. She's so good. In that she's movie. Very good. Really funny. In that um, movie. But you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it shouldn't be here. Like, why are you bringing this to me? It's like you're a public figure. You have been for quite a t- long time. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that you have used polls like this before. In fact, she had known about the poll between her and, uh, Alexander Skarsgård was like positive mm-hmm. that people liked seeing them together. And then the other thing was just that there's no fucking way she would be out in public doing drugs. Like that's just insane. Yeah. That- um. So there were things like that where I thought uh, this movie, I think would have been more enjoyable if it was Kristen Wiig because I would have, there was something in my mind that would have clicked over and be like, Oh, this is just a ridiculous situation where Kristen Wiig's high dancing right and i'll just accept it it's fine like the last speech she gives where she like goes so deep into like what seth rogan did all right i think would be easier for me to take comedically if it was coming from Kristen wig because i could see her just saying those words in a much like in a and i don't know that's shirley theron's fault it's just something about it was like that's interesting i'm not bought because there's something more realistic about the way Charlize theron acts that makes me there's a conflict between like right if a political candidate genuinely said this in public you could not cut to and now she wins like that's insane there's no way that would happen like 45 percent of the voters would be like i don't want to see her saying jerk off right on you know as it's not very presidential and they would be right to think that it wouldn't be like misogynist the thing that you don't want the president to say jerking off um try not to be that guy Who's like, well, like Trump. Well, yeah, yeah. Trump said, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, But. But, uh, I mean, and this probably is misogynist. I'm quite sure that enough voters would not want to see a woman saying jerk off. Uh, But especially at a campaign announcement speech. 
I wouldn't just never want to see a woman say um, Pokemon go to the polls. That's why. Yeah, that's true. Oh, did, uh, did you see Detective Pikachu? I did. It's fine. Yeah, it's exactly. We saw it as it, a time killer. It's fine because Ryan Reynolds is in it. Without Ryan Reynolds, that movie is nothing. I was, yeah. It was fun. I don't follow Pokemon a lot. I, I laughed when Ryan Reynolds was on screen, and then other than that, I was kind of checking my watch, to be honest with you. But um, it was cute. I had no problem with it. I enjoyed seeing all the different Pokemon. Yeah, it was uh, really um I want cool. I, I really like that, that, I thought the world building of that was actually pretty effective. Yeah. The world building of that um but I mean wow, what a bold move for the first live action Pokemon movie. To be like we'll get rid of the whole catch 'em <laughs> part. Well, yeah, I mean just the I mean the, their their first attempt at a live action Pokemon movie is to be based on a video game from a couple of years ago that wasn't a huge Thing. Is there a Detective Pikachu it's game? It's a video game. It's oh, like 2017. Okay. It's funny that it is very bold to be like, our first mo- live action movie, this, we're going yeah. to abandon the basic premise, premise of, of our this, right. show. Can we spoil po- Detective Pikachu for a second? Sure. Uh, sorry, everyone. Spoilers for Detective Pikachu. It did strike me two-thirds of the way, once a third act starts, when you know Bill Nye, who might as well have the word villain tattooed on his forehead, Yes. Um, he does his evil plan, and I go, oh, so, so this is get out. Uh, this is this, right. This is get out. Right. He's melding them with them. Yeah. He's like, we're gonna take our superior brains and their superior bodies. Yeah, that's true. I'm like, so we're watching get out. <laughs> there were times during. Aven- I was not anticipating that. There were times during Avengers that I was like, we're watching Back to the Future too. <laughs> which, right, which they reference. I feel like they referenced to like protect themselves from the fact that they were doing the same plot. Right. Um, Okay, cool. We've talked for 50 minutes about these movies. Yeah. We should put a little... We'll put a little spoiler thing at the beginning for all yeah. three movies. Uh, yeah. Um, and then next episode, back to comedy and magic. Back to comedy and magic. You've been listening to The Setup, discussions in comedy and magic. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please follow us on Instagram at setuppodcast. Shoot us an email. Our email is setuppod at gmail.com. That's setup uh, with two Ps. Um, setup podcast. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't clear. Uh, we also have a Facebook page that is just the setup discussions and magic and comedy. Uh, also, please give us a rating on iTunes on um, iTunes podcast. Uh, give us a five star rating. Let people know you're enjoying it. That will go a long way. And if you're really enjoying it and you really want to support us, give us uh, a little bit of a donation on our Patreon. Become a subscriber of this podcast. Yeah, we don't have a Patreon job. God, you have to tell me these things before we record this. Now, all right, just stop. Or stop.